So I was really blessed this past week to get to go on a priest retreat up in Wheeling, West Virginia. It was with the St. Paul Biblical Center uh, for the study of biblical theology. And I love their theme. It's uh, studying sacred scripture from the heart of the church. And you probably heard of kind of like the big person behind it all. Scott Hahn is kind of like the, the big founding driver. But there are a lot of my heroes that there, were there speaking. One of my good friends, Father David McConey, who actually came here several years ago to give our parish mission. Uh, Dr. Ralph Martin, who's a professor up at Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit. And one of my new sort of favorite biblical scholars, his name is Dr. John Bergsma, gave some wonderful talks, and he's the type, he's written some big academic works like uh, Jesus and the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is fantastic. But he also has a line uh, of books. One is called Biblical Basics for Catholics. And he said that it's still probably the favorite book he's ever written. And it basically goes through the whole story of salvation history through sacred scripture. And it uses stick figures, which is wonderful. And he talked about it at uh, at the retreat a little bit because his main job is he's a professor of biblical theology at Franciscan University at Steubenville. And he said that his main job is keeping 18 to 22-year-olds engaged, and so he uses stick figures. And the book, though, is fantastic. I highly recommend it. But basically, I got to spend this week hearing from all these wonderful professors and priests, and I was together with 240 of my brother priests from 93 different dioceses. And I mean, to get to that point of all that excitement with all those priests, I had to bear my cross and go through the passion because it was a 16-hour round trip in the car with Father Rossi. So it was pretty tough, but so good to be with there with all those priests, of course. I love getting to spend time with them. But looking around at 240 priests, some just ordained in the last year, I met one who's been ordained for more than 60 years. He's in the Society of St. Edmund, and he actually founded the parish up in Jefferson, North Carolina, um, and was telling me about it. I didn't, I'd never met this man. It was so cool to meet priests, young and old, from all over the place. Some came as far as from New Zealand, some from Russia. I mean, it was just great to meet all these guys But looking around, and I promise, I'm talking about like looking in the mirror too, at 240 priests, it's like, wow, we are a motley crew. And as you probably have learned over the years of life and just being Catholic, if you've met one priest, you've met one priest, right? I mean, we're all pretty different, uh, Father Rossi and I, right? I mean, it's like we all kind of like have our different characteristics and things, and it's incredible to me the way that our Lord uses each of us in our vocation. And I think it's so beautiful coming off of that retreat to get this gospel today. You may remember last Sunday, we were back earlier in the gospel of Mark. Last Sunday, it was chapter 6, verses 7 to 13. And it was when Jesus was sending out the apostles two by two. Well, today, we skipped ahead to chapter 6, verse 30, when they come back. In the interim, in between, was the story of the martyrdom of St. John the Baptist. So you start to see more and more in the Gospel of Mark, it's getting more and more dangerous out there to proclaim the Gospel. St. John the Baptist has now literally lost his head in the proclamation of the goodness of the Gospel, of the importance of morality, especially in regard to marriage. And now, the apostles come back. And they're relating everything that happened. 
And I'll tell you, it's just so beautiful to see that and having just been with all these priests, knowing that not one of us is like the guy who's going to save the church, right? We don't need a new Messiah because we already have one. And if you look at all of the history of sacred scripture, all of salvation history, all the way back, for example, in our first reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, to the time when the people were exiled, what's called the Babylonian captivity, Jeremiah, on behalf of God, is complaining about the bad shepherds who don't serve the people for the good of the people. They do it for themselves. They're, you know, like fleecing the sheep, all these terrible things. And notice what God says here through the prophet Jeremiah, two seemingly contradictory things. God says, you know, I myself will bring back the remnant. I myself will appoint, will come and shepherd them, right? But then, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot to David, a king, he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. So the question God himself is saying, I will come and shepherd my sheep. But at the same time, he's going to raise up a shoot from David to come and do it. Is it God or is it a shoot from David? And the beautiful answer is yes. Jesus Christ, thank you for responding to that. Yes, Jesus Christ is fully human and fully divine, right? That God knows that none of us can do this on our own that there is no perfect shepherd that can just handle it all on his own. There is no perfect guy. And in some ways, gosh, it helps, right? I'll say it as a pastor, as a priest, it's not all on my shoulders. It's not all on the shoulders of Bishop Jugas. It's not all on the shoulders of Pope Francis. Jesus Christ is the one who enters in to all of this with us. I mean, you notice this, when they come back and they're relating everything that happened, first of all, it's still really busy, right? They had some success. Great numbers are coming. Everybody's hounding them. They don't even have time to eat. So Jesus says, come away to a deserted place and rest a while. You notice the apostles need to step aside and spend time with Christ. But they don't get to do it in the way that I think it's sort of planned. They're going to a deserted place, but notice where Jesus goes, it's not deserted anymore. People are coming to him from all the towns, it says. And notice he sees them and his heart is moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And what does he do? He begins to teach them many things. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we are so blessed in the fact that Christ has entered into all of this with us. And he continues to be with us in the heart of the church, of course, right in the tabernacle. They're with us in the Blessed Sacrament. And the beautiful thing is, for the next, I think it's five weeks, from the 17th Sunday to the 21st, we are going to be going through the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, the Bread of Life Discourse. The church gives us a little interlude from Mark to go to John for a couple of weeks. But before we even get to that reflection on the Eucharist for the next few weeks, look what he does. He teaches them many things. He's telling them all about salvation history, right? He's telling them about himself. He's giving them moral teaching. He is there with them, teaching them. And he does the same thing for us. The important thing for us is that we take time and rest and listen. One of the beautiful things I've heard Dr. Bergsma say is that he used to be a news junkie. We can all fall into this, right? It's like, oh, I've got like three minutes. I'll just check the headlines. Which, by the way, I hate to be a spoiler, 
but they'll be bad, right? I mean, if it's headlines today, they're not going to be good. I mean, it's very rare that something good pops up on the news. Otherwise, they don't typically report on it. And what Dr. Bergsma said is that he's gone from being a news junkie, I love this, to being a good news junkie. He said he doesn't carry his smartphone with him anymore. He carries a small pocket New Testament. So all of a sudden, he's in the grocery store line. What does he do? Pulls out his his gospel. He's reading a little bit from the gospel of Mark. And it's so good to take the time every single day and reflect on the word of God. To know the fact that Jesus Christ has entered into all this with us. He knows that none of us is the good shepherd on our own. He's entered in to be with us. Read about it. I mean, I love hearing sacred scripture called God's love letters to humanity. And of course, love involves challenge. It involves calling us to what we're supposed to be, but it helps us every step of the way. I mean, if you're having a bad day, don't go to the headlines. Go to the fact that we know that he has died for us. He has risen for for us. He stays with us, and we're not all on our own. Another good thing to do, if you want to keep the smartphone, have an app for it. Look at the catechism of the Catholic Church. One of the good things I think we're doing here right now is Michael Becker and I are doing that last Thursday of the month, uh, doing a class on 50 paragraphs at a time of the catechism. And I got to tell you, I love it. Going through it and and re-looking at the catechism again, there's so many gems, so many beautiful things in there that remind us, oh yeah, we're not alone. Because it is so easy to forget that. But the good news for us is that our shepherd who knows his sheep knows us and we know him. The important thing is that we take the time every day to do what he does with the apostles, to come aside and rest with him. I will tell you, as a priest, I cannot do what I am called to do if I don't spend time with him every day. If I'm not with him in the Blessed Sacrament, if I'm not reflecting on his words in sacred scripture, I cannot do it. And for all of us in our vocations and being called out there as disciples of Christ, we need the same thing. The good news is that we don't have to go out there on our own. Remember last week when he sent out the apostles? He sent them out there without money, without food. What did they have besides sandals and a staff? But those are, you know, have some beautiful symbolic meaning. They had him. They had his teaching. They had his love. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we've got the same thing. The beautiful thing for us is that he does come to us. He calls us into his rest. He looks at us with pity. His heart is moved with love for you and for me. Make sure that you take the time each day. It doesn't have to be four hours. Take five minutes. Don't go on social media. Spend time with him. Listen to the many things that he has to teach you. And then go out there and proclaim the good news. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.